Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We go to our Oilers Now headliner today. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He drives the Athletic uh, in Canada. And we welcome back to the show, originally hailing from Kamloops, British Columbia, where undoubtedly uh, he will be covering the 2023 Memorial Cup after the Maple Leafs are eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. We welcome back to the show, James Myrtle. Hi, James. How you doing? I'm good. I am so fired up for that Memorial Cup. I just, I went, yeah, when they played, we were season ticket holders in 95 when they last had it. And Kamloops romped and and won their third in four years. And I was 14 years old sitting in the stands. And it's one of my favorite hockey memories that I've ever had. So I can't wait to go back and hopefully Kamloops brings it home again. I watched the final in Prince George at a bar called Coach's Corner in 1995. I was double your age at that point. Uh, and uh, it was a pro- at that And at that time, the WHL, dom- and really the WHL, you know, kind of won it two out of three Memorial Cups from about 1972 until about 2008. And since then, they've only won one. And even this year, I mean, Edmonton had, you know, four first-round picks, five guys off the world junior team. Unfortunately, their best goal scorer, Dylan Gunther, got hurt, uh, who scored 58 goals in 75 games this year. And you know what? If Mason, if Mason McTavish doesn't play for Hamilton, if Xavier Borgo doesn't play for uh, Shawinigan, I, I think that, uh, you know, Edmonton probably wins those games. And that's how tight it is. But the, the WHL is in a, a bit of a cold snap. And I think part of it is there's 22 teams in the league now. There's only 20 teams yeah. in the O. There's 18. And, I mean, you grew up in Kamloops at a time where they won three out of four cups. And at that time, they went from, I think, from 14 to 16 teams during that period. Like, the, the league, the, the teams were way deeper uh, back then in the WHL than they are today, James. Yeah, and there's a lot of options too, right? Like, USHL has become more of an option. BCHL continues to improve. So, you know, I don't have, have the numbers in front of me, but it just seems like kids can, can choose to play in a lot of different places. And that goes for the American kids too, because, you know, I think it used to be a lot of U.S. products would, would come up and play in the WHL. And back then, I mean, the U.S. teams were such a big part of the league. So, yeah, I can see how, uh, how it's really evolved since 25 years ago. All right, we had some fun. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on today is, uh, you know, you're in a market uh, that, and, and today is a tough day in Toronto. There's uh, been some significant movement that we're going to hear about later on during the course of the day from Rogers, uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers. So stay tuned on that front. Uh, but uh, Toronto's the, as much as those of us in the the outpost don't like to admit it, it is the center of the hockey universe, uh, it, and it certainly feels that way at times James and I know you know you hail from the west so you know you have some fun with it the Leafs are an organization that has over 70 people in hockey operations there are teams in this league that are below 35 they have 10 people in analytics 10 uh, there are teams that are running one or two employees in analytics and spending under 120 so there's lots of things happening with the Leafs I gotta tell you James I think they've been a little unlucky not to advance out of the first round in some of these years. That said, they still haven't advanced. 
Before I get to who's closer, Edmonton or Toronto, to winning a cup, where's the headspace at in Maple Leaf country right now with this organization? You mean the fan base or the front office? I mean, I, I think the fan base is kind of a, a bit all over the place, so I'll okay. let you answer. Well, no, no. So there, are there fans that are no longer believing in the Maple Leafs and, and what Kyle Dubas is trying to do, or is it the analytics types believe, but the old school ones that like blood and guts hockey, and this is how you win a play? Like, like where's, where, where's, where's that relationship at right now? Well, how could you not be frustrated and disappointed with where they're at? I mean, it was the best regular season in franchise history, and you get Tampa in the first round, and again, it comes down to a Game 7, and again, it's you know a one-goal loss, and you're just, just short. I think where there's some concern in the market is they're likely going to lose Jack Campbell. They're likely going to lose Ilya Mikheyev. They don't have a lot of cap space. There's two years left on William Nylander and Austin Matthews' contracts. They've got the bad contract of Peter Morazic, three point eight million for another two years that they got to try and get rid of. What are they going to do in goal? How are they going to replace Ilya Mikheyev? How are they going to fill out the the remaining spots in the forward group? Basically, you know, the question I've been getting a lot from from the Leafs fan base is, how do they take a step and get better as opposed to taking a step back? Because and was was the the peak of this roster and and this core of the Leafs was 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 this as high as that they're going to reach this past season or do they have another level that they can get to? Because it's difficult to see how they're going to get there if there is another level. Okay. Uh, for the record, I don't think they're going to lose Austin Matthews. I think he's going to stay. Neither do I. Like, neither, neither do I. I'm not like, saying they, they are, but I, I think what they need to do is show Austin Matthews over certainly next season that there's, they're going to be a contender and he's not going to sign on if he's signing on to be, to be part of a team that's, that's not going to be able to get over the hump. So, the Leafs need front office needs to do everything they can to help the team take another step. You know, I think if they win around next year, it's just going to solidify Matthew's okay. decision to stay. Uh, so Connor McDavid, as you know, signed an eight-year deal at Edmonton, not a five-year deal. Uh, people, we referenced Brian Burke. Brian's been on the record on this show uh, before he went to return uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins, saying that you know that could, uh, you know, the five-year deal—that's a precursor potentially of things to come. We know he's not going to Arizona. Why would he go play there? It's a disaster. So you know, but the Oilers did win two series this year. So the question I have for you, Toronto lost the Stanley Cup Finals, Tampa Bay Lightning in seven. Edmonton got swept in four in the third round, uh, where undoubtedly, as you're well aware of, injuries contributed a huge factor to the demise of the Oilers in that series. Who do you think's clo- uh, you know, they lost the eventual Stanley Cup champs, Colorado, three one-goal games, and then taken to the woodshed in the other one. Who's closer, Edmonton or Toronto, to claiming the ultimate prize? Well, you know, I think this is a huge offseason for both teams. I mean, what's Edmonton going to do in goal? What are they going to do? Are they going to what are they going to do with Evander Kane? What are they going to do with their cap situation? What's going to happen with Duncan Keith? I mean, there's there's all kinds of questions there. So, I'll have a better answer for you on that when I see what what Ken Holland and Kyle Dubas pull off in the next two weeks. Because for both teams, it's almost like you got to thread the needle, right, and try and find a way to, you know. He, I think that the thing that those front office should be asking themselves is how do we catch Colorado? Like they're both, neither team is on the level of Colorado. Colorado is not going anywhere near next year. How do you get better? You know, I already laid out all the ways that it's going to be difficult for the Leafs to get better. How do the Oilers get better next season? Well, then James, here's where I counter UFAs for Colorado. Nazem Kadri, Valerie Nutushkin, Andre Burakovsky. So three top six forwards are UFAs. Kemper. Kemper in goal. And, uh, you know, Manson on defense. 
Like I, I'm going to assume with Gerard coming back that Manson is not going to resign in Colorado. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they have a decision to make between Francois and Kemper for me. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I still can't make. I cannot believe the decision that Philip Grubauer made. I, to this day, because it cost Edmonton Darcy Kemper. Like, Darcy Kemper would have already been re-signed here in Edmonton. had uh, Like, that deal would have been, I'm telling you that right now. So, so I, I, like, I, I know you're saying Colorado's on another level, but if they don't have Nazem Kadri, that's a different team. That's a different team. Yeah, the, what, yeah and that's, that's fair. But don't you think that Toronto and Edmonton need to have and, better? Yes. They take a step to yes. win. Yes. Like, I think where they're good teams, but I don't think they're great teams. I mean, maybe potentially you get lucky and find a way to win, but I don't think that they're in the driver's seat. You know, they would have to, they would both be dark horses if we're talking about next year to, to potentially win. Well, There's going to be I, other teams that in front of them. I think if you went to one of the 4,393 gambling sites out there right now, James, you would see that Edmonton and, and Toronto are both probably, you know, in the top eight for the best bets to win the Stanley Cup next year. Yeah, and, like 10 to 1 or something like that. And, you know. Yeah, and my experience has been if you're in those, like if you're in that range, if you're a top eight team, usually you can win. I don't know if you can win if you're like a 9 through 12. Like the orders have been, you know, 12th, 11th, and 12th the last three years overall in the standings. I want Edmonton to become a top eight team. I think they can. Um. They're going to have to get creative. Toronto has been creative. I think that's fair, right? Like they've taken on contracts and LTIR from other teams and taken some swings. And what was the Felino deal that they made a couple of years ago at the deadline? Oh, yeah. Well, they, they, they kind of laundered his contract through San Jose and they retained part of it, right? So they only had to take on 25% of his money. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Pridham has certainly earned his money and on the, on the cap side of it. It's just... I, I really think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, the biggest decision in Toronto is what happens in goal, and it feels like in Edmonton as well. I mean, there's yes. not a lot available There's not a lot available in free agency. Neither team has a lot of cap space. There's going to be teams like New Jersey that I, I'm told are going to be very aggressive trying to get a goaltender, and they have a lot more cap space. So you're going to be competing with these other teams, and there's just not a lot of assets available. So, you know, if, if the Leafs take a gamble in goal on, say, someone like a Billy Husso, who's played 64 NHL games, including the playoffs, and they give him a big contract and he blows up in their face, then they're not winning the cup next year. Yeah. Well, can they win a round? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the Leafs can win the division. What the Leafs need to do is they need to have a little bit better regular season, win the division and finish ahead of Florida and Tampa, get an easier matchup in the first round. You know, no offense to, to the Oilers, but if the Leafs would have played the Kings in the first round, they would have, they would have won around, but they didn't play the Kings. They played Tampa. And that's been the story for them. A lot of the most recent years. I mean, they had, they had a powerhouse Washington team. They had two very good Boston teams, but where the Leafs really blew it is they lost to Columbus and Montreal in the, in the years when they were the big favorite. Yeah. And so they're sitting there seven, they've been in the playoffs, what, seven straight years. Yeah. And have not advanced settle. I mean, it's it's crazy when you think about it, and thoroughly enjoyable for an Oiler fan base that gets inundated <laughs> with Maple Leafs this, and they're the greatest of that. And now, yeah, think- I hear from a lot of Oilers fans on social media. They really uh, they really gravitate towards the Leafs content for some reason. Well, there's a lot of it in the Athletic, James. In fairness, there's a lot of Leafs. Here's the thing. I think, like, I gotta tell you, um, as you know, I have a, I have time for analytics and video and. And, you know, I know that there's some progressive uh, organizations where uh, the analytics department sits there and mines for 
uh, what, what's the word I'm looking uh, for? Uh, oh, they basically mine for bargains, right? They're, they're looking for players who outperform what they're being uh, paid or, or maybe players they targeted, you know, a player that's a really good player in a bad organization that maybe can steal out of there that's a little less money than people real, you know, is a better player than people think. And then they, they support that with video. And then they send the pro scouts in instead of just having the pro scouts. Well, we're going to go cover these 64 games and that's how we're going to do. Right. You know what I mean? And I think the Leafs are kind of so there's, I think there's some things to admire with the way Toronto's done business. But the problem was they haven't been able to push it over the goal line yet. Well, they haven't actually been able to push it past the first round yet. And, 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 and so so that lends itself to the old school guys that sitting there saying, you know, at the end of the day, they don't have any blood and guts. And that's why they don't win come crunch time. And so it, it, and there might be halfway in truth. So you tell me, what what's your, you know, how much of this is about the way Toronto has done business under Dubas, and how he's perceived as this analytics-driven general manager, and has it manifested throughout the course of the entire organization? Well, I think the thing I would say is there's been an evolution in the Leafs front office where they've kind of changed the kinds of players that they've been looking for and. You know, bringing in, you know, Jake Muzzin's an analytics player, but he's a physical player. And more and more, I mean, you talk about the Foligno trade, but even, you know, Michael Bunting comes in last year, David Kampf comes in, Andre Kasha. They signed those three guys for basically pennies on the dollar, and they all have great seasons, and that's part of why they took a step. So, you know, the Leafs roster is a lot better than it was two years ago. The hope in the fan base has to be that management can continue to find those bargain players like Michael Bunting. They has 60 points while making 900K. If they can continue to do that, then they're going to be in really good shape. And, you know, that's been the strength of, of what they've done. You can't really argue with some of the success that they've had on the roster building side, other than to point to, you know, you lose to Tampa by one goal in game seven. If you want to cut the Leafs down as a result of that, then go for it. But, you know, as long as the team continues to get better year after year, I, I found it really, really difficult to be super critical of a front office. I mean, they, when they coming off a 115 point regular season, I mean, it's, there are a lot of arrows pointing in the right direction, and that's why Brendan Shanahan kept the front office intact, and that's why there is some confidence in that front office that they're going to be able to get it done. Well, it's interesting because Ken, since Ken Hall's been the general manager of the Oilers, I think that their winning percentage is like, you know, points percentage is like 610. And people, most people remember the Oilers finished like 24th or 25th year before Holland got here. So the last three years, the team's. Now, that said, you know who gets the majority of the credit for that in this market? McDavid and Drysettle, and perhaps rightfully so, because they are off the charts. Now, let me ask you just on that. Uh, would you say what you saw out of Connor and Leon this year was kind of a signature moment for those guys in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I think it should be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you elevate to a level that I don't know if people knew was possible in the modern NHL to produce the way that they did. I mean, it was... I, I hope at some point, Bob, I've said to, this to you before in person, I, I want to see a Leafs-Oilers final. So, I, you know, like, can you imagine just like the superstar talent and just like the regional divide and all of that? I mean... I think there's a lot of people here that were rooting for the Oilers and they want to see McDavid and, and Dreisaitl continue to progress to a bigger stage. So I hope that it happens. I hope that they do figure out the goaltending. I hope that the team does take another step. But, yeah, I think it was a signature moment. But, I, you know, with those two guys, it's not like they even needed it. I mean, they both won the Hart Trophies and the Art Ross. And, like, they're already regarded as two of the five best players in the world. So... Yeah, that was always there, but I think that the level that they went to was, okay. was higher than any, anyone thought anyone could get to in the NHL. 
All right. Great stuff, James. We appreciate it. we got to get, get off to some breaking news right now, but thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. Yep. Thanks, Bob. That the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled commitment, unrivaled experience, unrivaled results. It's this simple. James H. Brown, they're the best. You can text us at 780-496-0063. You know what we're having? Uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're going to... Uh, occasionally, when we get text sent to the show, we end up getting the text from further back like a couple weeks ago and it and then we have to rework them and everything it's a just a unique little setup glitch in our system but let's go on the ashley fine floors text line justin from the north says there's two major issues with the Oilers. you say the Oilers need to be creative our manager is not a creative guy he's known for being patient so that's number one number two is darnell nurse and number three is darnell nurse from justin in the north i guess justin in the north doesn't like darnell nurse uh Ryan from Stony Plains says, Bob, Edmonton is closer to competing than Toronto simply because of their division. The Oilers need to put 100% focus on goal prevention by getting a key goaltender and adding a legit top four defensive defenseman. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. The Hurton Albertan. That's the handle. The Hurton Albertan. Wow. Yes, the Leafs faced stiff competition in the first rounds over the years, but how many times uh, did they have them down 3-1 or 3-2 and failed to close the deal? The front office of the Leafs don't deserve to get a free pass. That one comes to us from the Hurton Albertan. While James Myrtle from The Athletic did mention, you know, it's the the loss to Columbus and the loss to... uh, um, the Montreal Canadiens, it's, you know, been difficult for Toronto to deal with. Um, again, you can text us anytime, 780-496-0063. Hmm. Keep bringing it. we got lots coming in. Fletch from Calgary. Bob, who cares about the Leafs? Until the Oilers get competent goaltending and trade Paul Yarby, Cassian and Baring to release $9 million, which is enough to sign Kane and $3 million towards a $5.5 million uh, goaltender. Hmm. Interesting perspective. Bob, will uh, Perry, Corey Perry join the Oilers for their next run next year as well? Hmm. Don't know. Bob, when are you guys taking calls? Not today that we can tell you again you can text us at 780-496-0063 hmm this is a really interesting text see this is an individual that is thinking things a little bit differently bob there's two very good young players in capo caco and kirby doc that have struggled with their teams i'm trying to send yamamoto and jesse along with a couple parts if needed to make those swaps it would give us higher potential players for cheap right now and we can pay them down the road i am a big uh big fan Of Kirby Doc, if you listen to the show. Now, am I reading this? Am I reading this text the right way here, Brendan? You're going to help me out here. From L, is it from L? Do you see it, Brendan? At 12:56 at Edmonton. 
Do you see the one from Al? Oh, oh, oh. What radio station is Al listening to? Okay, he's. I, can you read? You got to read the. You got to read the text. Uh, okay, I'll do my best here. Bob, what's with the left-wing pundits like yourself? You suffer from both Trump derangement syndrome and Toronto derangement syndrome. Either way, it's TDS. Did he call me a left-wing pundit? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I have uh, an equal amount of disdain for far left and far right wing uh, political pushers. Let's put it that way. I'm a little bit more centrist. I, 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 I believe that's the first time, Brendan, in the last decade that I've been referred to as quote unquote a left wing pundit. Um, Bob, I heard a rumor that Brian Lott will be brought to the Oilers organization in the next week. Any thoughts on that? It's an interesting text. News to me. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. It would not surprise me if Brian Lawton is on the radar screen for multiple organizations, but I would guess most of them are in the U.S. Bob, has anybody done the stats on Austin Matthews? I feel like he scores versus a lot of bad teams and hence the struggle in the playoffs. Well, I'll give you a simple stat in the playoffs. He's played 39 playoff games. He has 33 points. Connor McDavid? had 33 points in 16 games this year in the playoffs. Leon Dreisettle had 32 points in 16 games. Uh, By the way, both Marner and Matthews have 33 career points in 39 playoff games. So there you have it. Dreisettle has played like 37 playoff games, and I think off the top of my head has 59 career points in the playoffs. I know. Keep the text coming. Uh, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. We've got more with Brian Lott and lots of guys. I think they misinterpreted what was being said about Brian Lott last. Uh, Blake from Airdrie says, Bob, we need more skill in our roster with a glaring difference between us and Colorado. That one comes to us from Blake. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Mark Spector. For the horses and horse racing, Alberta, hour number two on Oilers Now when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.